you worry, don't you worry, child. See, heaven's got a plan for you. Don't you worry, don't you worry now. Yeah. Welcome to Holy Prophets Radio, a business show that applies God's word to your work. Discussing business basics ranging from starting your own company to complex human resources challenges. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule, archive shows, helpful downloads, and much more at leadingforachange.com forward slash radio. Now, get ready to take your company to the next level by applying biblical truths to your work with Holy Prophets Radio, hosted by Bradley Waldrop. Hey, good morning and welcome to the show. And Shelly, I know that you're listening. I just want to say thank you for uh, racing off here to the station to get things uh, fixed the right way. Um, I just sent out a message on Facebook. I think it would be really great for us to do a documentary of what it takes to put a show like this on uh, live on the radio. <laughs> and there's, there's some great, crazy things that happen uh, seemingly every week and, and uh the team here is just an amazing team. They get through it every single time uh, with minutes to spare. So I don't know how all that happens, but it's really great. Uh, last week we had on the show, we had Ann Lazo of Eagle Soars Consulting. We talked about revisiting your mission and vision, and we talked about those four concepts to getting your company back on track. You can get all of those um, archives on our website. You can get them on YouTube as well. The website address is holyprofitsradio.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you're trying to get a hold of maybe a guest of ours on the show, uh, you want to uh, suggest a topic for us to discuss or maybe even a guest to come on, uh, you can give me an, uh, a ring at, um, at my email address. It would be bradley at holyprofitsradio.com. Uh, I also wanted to make two other announcements uh, that are really exciting for this particular program this week or this next week over, over this period of time. Uh, next Friday, I am going to be on Atlanta Live, WATC, uh, in Atlanta, Channel 57, for an interview, a little bit about my story and sort of what life looks like when you're chased down by God to go do lots of different things and uh, and a humbling experience along the way of what God does with, with your life and how he turns it upside down. So uh, if you are interested in, in seeing that, I would uh, love to have uh, your, your comments and questions and, and everything else that come out of that. Uh, again, next Friday, it will be on at 7 o'clock at night at Atlanta Live. You can get to their website and watch it live that way. I will certainly be posting the interview on the website later as it uh, as it comes. And then on June 26th, I'm going to be on Channel 16 in Greenville, WGGS, and I'm going to be having a very similar conversation, but I think it, it, that particular one, we're going to talk a little bit more nuts and bolts about how to apply God's Word to your work on a very regular daily basis, uh, kind of down to brass tacks, what it looks like to live life as a Christian and a business owner, business leader, um, or, or just a, a great follower in an organization. So we're going to talk about all of those. I do have a new guest that has been scheduled for sometime in July, and uh, we might air the interview in July, maybe even in August, depends on how our schedule looks. But we're going to have Terrence Chapman of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International on the, on the show, and uh, that is going to be really great. The organization is uh, thousands of companies across the world all trying to figure out how to honor God in their work, and, um, and we're going to be looking at how... Uh, his organization supports that process and uh, and how others are blessed through it. So 
Now this week we're going to talk about a show uh, that, that I'm, I'm titling Silence Builds Complacency or Getting Through the Storm of the Calm. You know, normally we have a calm before a storm and we last week were talking about the return era that is when the Israelites uh, came from Babylon back into uh, Israel out of captivity, out, out of um, uh, out of captivity, and the the process for them was to kind of get back to basics and do their rebuilding. Well, after everything gets be rebuilt, their life becomes very, very uh, s uh, simple. Uh, they weren't battling anybody. Things seem to be somewhat peaceful. And there is about a 400-year period of time between the Old Testament writings and the New Testament writings. And I, I don't think that most people really understand that. Uh, there is this gap. And in the gap, there are a lot of things happening politically, a lot of things happening socially. But not a whole lot of uh, word back from God in, in a way that was documented. Uh, so there, it's called the silence period or the intertestimonial period um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. There's, there's absolutely no scripture that we have to share today because it's a void of scripture. But there are some really great key principles to all of, all of that that happens uh, during that era. And where it sort of uh, hits me is, is that uh, for those of you who know me, you know, I, uh, here I am going to tell you a little bit more about who I am. And if you don't know who I am, uh, brace yourself. Uh, I'm an idolater. I, I don't know. Um, I mean... If if you can kind of go back in my life, uh, my my life has been a, a series of jobs chasing a brass ring, been super successful and overachiever in lots of different things. I've participated in leadership uh, since I was a teenager, and uh, that's one of my bents is, is I really enjoy working with leaders and trying to understand how to lead organizations well, how to develop trusted leaders, and, and all of that has come through lots of uh, lots of trial and error and uh, I would like to say that there was a, a period of time uh, and, and maybe some, I still struggle with it who knows but there was a period of time where I had to have the right car I had to have the right clothes I had to have the right job the right title I had to have the long list of to-dos I had to have uh, the right team underneath me and all of that was about me it was about uh, feeling better about who I was. It was about the prideful nature that I had. But what was really interesting, and I'm not sure if this happens to you, when I, when I was faced with new challenges, as soon as the new challenge occurred, I was humbled. I was humbled because I, I was at a point where I didn't know all the answers. I, didn't, I was afraid of being found out for not knowing all the answers. And I think a lot of leaders, especially guys out there, probably live their life that way, just not wanting to be found out. Um, we, we, uh, we struggle a little bit with who we are and what we don't know uh, and, and what we're not good at. So, you know, the way that sort of played out for me, though, is that, that every time I'd have a new challenge, I'd be humbled. And I would work through understanding where my rear end was in a new job for about six months. After the six months, I figured out where the team was, who, who could do what, what things needed to be done. And I got to a point where I was fairly complacent. And when, when I got to a point that was fairly complacent is when the pride started to take over. It's when I started to realize at that particular position, I could do a lot more than the other guy uh, and that uh, I could be uh, held accountable to delivering. And boy, I was delivering, which was great. But I also found comfort in uh, buying more technology, buying um, better cars, doing the different things to feel uh, that, that I would like I was more complete. 
And I struggled with that. And, and I, I want to say that I, I think that's kind of what was happening with the Israelites. They were warring, they were moving, they had all this turmoil, and they were very, very humbled. In that process, they were looking to God for direction. After the peace came, though, uh, after, after they were able to rebuild, they, they somewhat became complacent. And if you go back and you read the historical record, what you find is that there were lots of things happening. You know, the, the, the major issues there were that the religious leaders were pretending to have power. Their worldview was as screwed up as my worldview was uh, when I was, was out there uh, buying the things and trying to make myself better. Uh, I viewed myself as, the, as the, uh, the person of worship, and I needed to be able to feel valued and, uh, and all of that. So my worldview was screwed up. And, and you know, maybe you're like I am, and you struggle with that uh, every week trying to figure out whether or not God is in charge of your life or you're in charge of your life. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that, that we really fall into that in, in work. And what I do know is that these religious leaders pretended to have power and, then, and that they lost their biblical perspective they, or their, their worldview perspective. And that became a real problem for them. They also became very self, self-absorbed. They, they were looking to themselves for the answers and how to behave. They weren't looking toward God to figure out what the rules were. What they were doing was looking for the answers in themselves. They surrounded themselves by other people who thought like they did, that weren't necessarily challenged, and they were politically powerful. And in all of that political power, they were viewed as the end-all, be-all with all the right answers. And uh, that's a very scary place to be. Uh, the, uh, but, but it's a very, very real temptation. I think that, that we all have that, that kind of struggle. And that w- the last bit or the kind of key concept in this period was that they have, there's pride that's, been co- that's caused this religious hypocrisy leading to self-destruction. And that is that they were worried about this legalism and making all the rules. When you have all the power, you get to make all the rules. And you, not only do you get to make all the rules, but then you get to hold people accountable to all the rules. When you do that, if those rules are not set up in truth, if they're not set up in God's word, if they're not set up because uh, God has provided that sort of direction, it becomes the individual who beca- that, that, that is sort of the center of worship. And that powerful structure that was the Sanhedrin uh, became the, the, the force that everyone was trying to reckon with. So if we, if we look back in this strange period of time where God was silent. I don't, I don't know about you, but silence scares the heck out of me. Um, I, you know, I'm behind the microphone here uh, once a week, but Monday through Friday, I'm talking all the time, and I'm surrounded by other people. I don't like myself when there's nobody talking, there's no one around. I don't like hanging out by myself. And uh, I, I can imagine that I, the reason I don't like it, well, I know why I don't like it. I don't like it because there's a lot of temptations that come into my head. A lot of my own thinking, you know, jumps in the way, and, and I don't spend the time with God like I should. I spend it trying to figure out what's best for me. And uh, oftentimes that's a, a series of temptations, whether it's uh, eating the wrong things, doing the wrong things, going and spending money on the wrong things. Lots of different, different things manifest themselves um, in all of that. And I think that we were 
probably seeing the same thing. I, I was totally speculating because I wasn't there and not a lot of it is written down. But what I can tell you is that, that my own human behavior would say that if God is not, not active in my own life, I'm going to be um, having a difficult time doing anything other than elevating myself and trying to figure out what's best for me. And the problem with that is I'm broken. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like you are, uh, would, would rather do things to my own benefit, not necessarily someone else's, let alone God's. And so uh, sometimes uh, I would put God into this little uh, box and take him out when I need him. And then, um, and, and not recognize this sort of worldview screwed up, right, is not recognizing when I really need him. And uh, that is all the time. But, uh, but I have this box. I put him in the box, and, and when, I, when I need him, I open him up. It's like this jack-in-the-box. God, come out and help me out with this particular thing. It's uh, like a vending machine. Do my prayer, get what I need, and move on. And uh, my prayers would, would more like be um, uh, my will be done, not God's. And, uh, and I think we, we struggle with all of that. But the, that's where the Israelites were. This is that weird period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Not a whole lot written down, but a lot of things happening politically. And I think that that, that, uh, that silence era has a lot of temptation uh, that is applicable today. And so when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about how to take that particular uh, set of temptations and address those for business people uh, with very, very practical things. So stay, stay with us, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Holy Prophets. We are back from the break, and before the break, we were talking about the silence era and this very strange period of time between the Old Testament writings and New Testament writings and what was going on politically and uh, socially and, and the, the struggle of normal leadership, normal normal individuals who are trying to figure out what to do in absence of, of an active God in their lives on a day-to-day -day basis. They tend to turn to things that build their own ego, uh, feed into their own pride, and uh, work against them over time. And destroy, it destroys their integrity. Uh, they say that they stand for one thing, and, and you see that they do something completely and totally different, and there's a struggle there. So what I wanted to do is sort of take those particular struggles, and I want to address them right now as to what we would do in business and, and why they occur in business. And for, for those of you who participate actively in uh, the ownership or leadership of a business, the general business cycle kind of looks like this. You're a startup, struggle, 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 finally get to where your head is above water and the processes seem to, to be going the right way and someone pokes their head up and says, you know what, we should start growing again. And then you struggle, 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 and you finally add the, the new people, you add the new line of service, you build the customer base, and then you get complacent again. Somebody sticks their head up one more time and says, you know, we really need to go from this growth mode into a more, much more mature mode where we put in lots of different processes and, and procedures and organizational structure, and, uh, and then you get through that period of the cycle and you struggle 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 through that you get to a point where everything is uh, you have the leadership in place where you really wanted it the organization chart looks like you wanted it to you're in the geographic locations that made good sense to you in the very beginning and then you uh, you sort of get complacent and you live that way for a long time and then all of a sudden somebody says wait we've really gone off track we didn't we didn't do what we were supposed to do we're not uh, we're not still focusing on those things that va oh, that we value most so you go through this rebirth process whether it's a rebranding process or or um, you are, are in the in, in the the throes of trying to change or pivot with society 
you're trying to adjust how it is that uh, that you address the particular needs and concerns of your client base and you go through a rebirth and the and the rebirth is a struggle 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 and then you go you know kind of all the way through the cycle again what's so interesting about it though is that when i find uh business leaders in the middle of the struggle portion they are very humble there are generally people who are trying to figure out how to stretch themselves a little bit thinner, how to learn something brand new, how to put people on the, on the team the right way. But when, they, you know, when, they, when you get up to the ceiling and, and you're sort of that complacent place, well, what really starts to happen, and, and it happens to, I think, a lot of us. I mean, it certainly happens to me. And if, you don't, if it doesn't happen to you, I want you to write the show and I want you to tell me it doesn't happen to you because I, I'd, I'd love to hear your story. But what, what happens for me is that I know my business so well. I know what I, what I need to do so well that sometimes I forget that there are people around me that can give me good feedback, that they can give me good wisdom. I start to protect my own territory. I don't want to be threatened by new ideas. I don't want other people to come in and give me advice to get better. I take it very, very personally rather than how they intend it, and they intend it to, to, to help make me better. So I think what happens is I start to shut down. I start to not pay attention to what's going on out there. And that's a very difficult place to be. So, you know, if, if, we, if we're a business, that's that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about this series of cycles where where we go and we're so humble because we are just we, we are we are brand new territory, we're brand new ideas, and we know about a tenth of what we really need to know and we're eager to have someone come in and help us and we recognize we don't know what we're doing and we throw up our hands and say, Yeah, no, I, I have no idea. Now when we get to that complacent stage, not only do we shut everybody else down, but we want to give everybody else our opinion, whether they ask for it or not. And, uh, and that's kind of a weird place uh, to, to live. So what I thought I would do is to sort of take that and try to figure out from a, from a business owner's perspective, from a business leader's perspective, what does that mean to you? What happens or how do you, ha- how do you overcome that? That is this, this uh, how do you break the silence? How do you, how do you get through a silent period where uh, you are are disconnected from where God wants you to be. And, and I think that that's probably the worldview that we need to discuss is, is that, that God gave you your business, God gave you the team, you are a steward of all of that, and in your stewardship, uh, it's, we need to stay grounded to understand that God's the boss. Uh, and it's not us, and and that's hard to do when we're flying high, when we're when we're super successful. So, uh, what I thought we'd do is just sort of look at some of the spiritual disciplines that are required to keep us grounded. And one of those is the is the spiritual discipline of celebration. Uh, most of us uh, who are these overachievers just jump from one goal to the next. We we hardly recognize we got there. We we certainly don't pat anybody on the back. We just say, you know what, we're here. Now we're going to the next one. It would be all right to pause and say, you know what, God got us through all that. He gave us the right people in our lives. He he put the the he orchestrated this entire thing for us to struggle through it and learn some lessons, but then he got us through it. And it would be all right to sit and recognize that that God has power over all of that and to throw a little party, to enjoy one another and to be able to bask in the glow that God gives us. Um it's not it's not about us. It's about turning that worship to God and saying thanks for what you did. And I, we just don't do that enough. And so that's that's one thing. The other is is solitude in prayer. 
Solitude and prayer. I told you earlier, I do not like solitude. And part of the reason I don't like solitude is that the Holy Spirit convicts me of all the stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And, uh, and that's a hard thing for me. So, but it keeps me incredibly humble in that process. And I think that that's important. I mean, while we're, we're in the midst of trying to build our business, that solitude in prayer comes from a very real personal relationship with Christ where we take time off away from the to-do list, away from the office, away from the cell phone, away from the tablet, away from the computer, away from everything to sit for just a moment and, and listen to what God would have to say. And what we probably would find is that we are so well convicted of the things that we're doing well and that those things that we're not doing well that we're ready to make a change and we're right back to where God wants us with this biblical worldview, with this worldview that God's in charge, that we are here to honor him. And uh, we, if we could honor him through our work, it would be so much more refreshing to go to work in so much less stress on a daily basis because we're there for different reasons. So, um, you know, that we have celebration and we have solitude in prayer. The next one is servanthood. I mean, when was the last time you saw the leader of an organization silently go and serve someone else? And that's someone outside the organization. It's maybe someone inside the organization. Uh, what I find oftentimes is that servanthood takes over in, into a direction in business that people are trying to capitalize on it for marketing purposes. They want everyone to say, wow, look at them. They're socially responsible. Ooh, that's so great. All that does is build our own cotton pick and ego. So you know, as a business owner and a business leader, I would encourage each one of you to just... Try to understand in your own community, whether it's someone you work with, one of your customers, one of your vendors, maybe it's a nonprofit organization, maybe it's your church, who knows exactly what it is. There are people who could use your talent. There are people who could use your time. There are people that could use uh, your resources in a way that would honor God in a completely different environment. And I would encourage you to do that. And that what it would do is it would help you focus on those things that are most important. It would help you put life back into perspective and let you understand uh, on a daily basis that, that God is at work everywhere. And you have been gifted in a way that's so unique that you get a chance to help others. So as a business leader, I think it's super important for you to be able to serve someone else. I think it's it's wonderful for you to be able to serve God's creation in a way, or to serve God uh, by, by helping his, his creation in a way that does not proclaim it to the rest of the world so that you can get accolades. It has everything to do with uh, you being focused on what's most important and uh, and getting away from the, the self-praise of, of that, all of that. And then, um, you know, there is uh, one other piece, or two other pieces in there that I think are really important. Uh, one of them is confession. Uh, there's nothing quite like sitting behind a microphone and confessing things that are so screwed up in your life. Uh, all of you, I, apparently I'm sitting on your couch today. But uh, what I do want to say is that there are friends in your life that would would be there to comfort you in knowing that um, that you struggle like I do. And if the more of that you can work on uh, with others so that they could hold you accountable, they could support you, and they could share their own story with you, 
uh, the better off you would be. And, you know, that in business sometimes happens in a working group. Sometimes it happens in a board of directors. Sometimes it happens in, in, a, in sort of an ad hoc group that you have that's somewhat of a support group so that you can figure out um, you know how to how to have this trusted network of people around you, and you can confess in the things that uh, that are so screwed up in your life, and and realize that we all struggle with the th- same things. So uh, you know, confession is a major deal, and you know sometimes it's okay to confess that to the people who you work with. Just don't make it uncomfortable. Um, I do know a, a particular company that has uh, in the past confessed about treating them their employees um, poorly. In all of that treatment, they decided that it wasn't a you know, a good thing for them to keep doing what they're doing. And uh, they just sort of stood up in front of the group and said, you know, we've been doing it wrong. And that's okay. Uh, And uh, I would encourage you to do that too. It helps keep you grounded for sure. And then the last bit would be, you know, following the Holy Spirit through renewing of your mind. And that means spend some time in God's Word. Uh, you know, most of us, we hear something on the radio, we see something on TV, we go to church on a Sunday, but we don't spend 10 or 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, whatever it takes to get through certain pieces of the Bible. And if you don't have anybody to do that with, um, you know, uh, write, write me on the show. We could do, we could do one online. Uh, I'd be happy to. That'd be fun. Um, you know, just a, just a simple Bible study. Uh, just, um, just taking one piece at a time and getting your particular interpretation and, and how you would apply that to your life. Uh, but us as business owners and those of us who are business leaders need to be grounded in God's Word so that we have a proper biblical perspective, that we really do understand who is the Lord of our lives. So, um, you know, all of that to say, those same temptations that the Israelites had in this, this silence period, I think that we all struggle with, especially in business. Uh, it's very simple for us to put ourselves above everyone else, about, uh, above everything else that's going on. And, uh, and we do that really, really well. Uh, but if we follow these particular principles and we, we celebrate when it's necessary, we uh, practice solitude in prayer, we, we serve one another, we confess, and lastly, we, we follow the Holy Spirit by the renewing of our mind. All of those are super important, and, and that helps keep us grounded. And next week, we are uh, going to focus on a show about public worship in and by the business. We're going to talk about uh, psalms. We're going to talk about what all that looks like. Uh, We know that kings have done it, so why can't business leaders do it? And uh, with all of that to say, if you have any questions, uh, give me a holler at bradley at holyprophets.com or uh, visit us on the web at holyprophets.com. And uh, may God richly bless you and your business. Take care.